Welcome in. First show back from vacation. What's right with Nick Wright? Episode 132. So glad to be here. So much to discuss. We have some good NFL. We have a ton of NBA. Demonze, let's just get right to it. Here's what's not on today's show. What has missed the cut from today's show? Philip Rivers might want to unretire. I hadn't seen that story. It's one of the reasons not on the show. The Chiefs pour one out for the land shark, Frank Clark, came to Kansas City. They won a Super Bowl. He's leaving Kansas City having won another Super Bowl. He honestly, they're going to release him. Uh, and I'm going to spend a second on this, actually. He was underwhelming in most of his regular seasons and an all-timer in the playoffs. Third most all-time playoff sacks. Got nothing but love for Frank Clark. And I entered the $32 million cap it. They had to release him. I get it. They couldn't get a deal done, a renegotiation. Shout out to Frank Clark. Yeah. Uh, and then also LeBron's rim cycle. LeBron has been watching games and tweeting about it. We'll get to that later. He's also been having dreams and tweeting about it. I, this is about watching Duke Carolina with Jordan and then woke up before it ended. And he had to go to the bathroom. Okay. Yeah. Before we... Almost like Russell Wilson. Well, well, I wouldn't say it's (laughs) Russell Wilson-esque. What I would say is this. That's very specific details of a dream. I find that believable because I have dreams like that. I sometimes dream about the next day's show and, like, actually do, like, topics like halfway topics in my head that I then use on the air. But now part of that's because I sleep with a nicotine patch on. So like I have constant stimulus going. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'm LeBron obviously doesn't sleep with a nicotine patch on, but he seems to have very vivid dreams. Here's the deal. And this is something, honestly, Demonze could learn as well. And there's no shame because LeBron hasn't learned it yet. Nobody wants to hear about your dreams. <laughs> There's no story more boring to the listener than listen to this dream I had last night. Wait, what are you Wait, are you saying that that's something that I do? Uh, Occasionally. Occasionally. (laughs) You're like, oh, my God, I had the scariest, craziest dream. And then I'm like, okay, well, these next 60 seconds of my life, I'm never getting back. You at least have the wherewithal to not tweet about it to 40 million people. But no, no matter how interesting the dream is to the dreamer. Yeah, it, you'd be, if you, you just had to be there. Man. You had to be there. <laughs> and no one else was there. The only, here is the only exception to the rule. If you sleep next to a person and you wake up from a dream, like frightened or excited or whatever, and they're like, baby, what's wrong? You're like, oh, my God. I just had the scariest dream. Or that's, the craziest it's okay. dream, you have like a 15-second window to give the most Cliff's Notes version of it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but like three in the afternoon, the next day, be like, hey, man, <laughs> you won't believe this dream I had. I will believe it. I won't be interested in it. All right, let's get to the actual show. We got a serious topic to start the show. Go ahead, Demonte. All right, man. John Morant's been in the news a lot the last couple of months. Yeah. Uh, He was sidelined for two games by Memphis, but there's no timetable for his return. Are you optimistic that Ja will will turn things around? Okay. So let's give it the full timeline of just things we know about. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. We know that allegedly he was having a basketball game at his house involving a 17-year-old from the neighborhood. They got into a confrontation, and he is alleged to have punched the kid and then alleged to have gone in the house and put a gun in his waistband and not nec- not like pointed the gun, but just made it so they could see it. Right. We know that's alleged. We know that his mom is reported to have gotten into a dispute at finish line. She called Ja, and he showed up with nine other guys. To the finish line. Well, to the mall parking lot. And then a guy who did not sign up for this, the mall security guard, (laughs) had to be like, I think this is a bad idea. (laughs) To which Ja allegedly said, I want to know what time he gets off. We know that's been reported. We also know that the Grizzlies got into some confrontation with some of Jaws friends. I'm sorry, the Pacers did with some of Jaws friends. And then there were a couple cars. Jaw was in one of them. This, we know this part. They were around the Pacers loading area to the bus. And then from one of the cars, supposedly that Jaw was in, a laser pointer started going pacer by pacer. And there obviously was speculation that these guys didn't have a laser pointer on them, that it was a laser-sighted pistol, but they weren't able to figure that out for sure. We also know that Jav's dad and some of the Grizzlies got into it with Shannon Sharp, and we know unequivocally that Jav and this part is critical, on his own Instagram feed was shirtless in some club with a very small gun. Those are things we know. Mm-hmm. We, this is tautology. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know what hasn't been reported. But as, as any parent knows, and I'm not trying to be parental towards job, I'm just using it as an analogy. For every time your kid gets caught doing something idiotic, it's like, oh, they've probably done that seven other times, <laughs> and I just didn't know, or they got away with it. It's very, very rare that every time you act a fool, you get caught. Right. So it's the same reason why, again, I'm mixing metaphors here. Anyone, I, I'm not trying to take this lightly, but almost anyone could theoretically get a DUI. But the moment someone gets two, it's like, oh, they're an alcoholic. Right. Because it's possible that the first time you ever drank too much and drove, you got pulled over. It's impossible it happened to you twice. And right. so the it, it's likely your first DUI, you've probably done it a hundred times. Right. But it's not, you, you don't know it. But as soon as it happens more than once, it's like, oh, this yeah. happens all the time and you just haven't gotten caught. Right. So we have five reported incidents of something or other with job. You then have this part of it, which I don't think enough people have made, have focused in on. This is a slightly different story. If it is John Morant shirtless with a gun in a club that someone else videotaped. And here's why. It's still terrible, dangerous decision-making. But 
it's theoretically terrible, dangerous decision-making that he wouldn't have wanted out there. Oh, I didn't think anyone on your own IG live is a different set of circumstances. I don't, listen, I don't smoke weed. And smoking weed is, again, I'm mixing all these metaphors. But let's say I did. It's very different if I'm walking our dog smoking weed and somebody who recognized me snaps a picture and tweets it than if I'm walking our dog smoking weed and I tweet out a picture of myself, thumbs up with the, it's like, oh, these are, you're doing the same thing, but your feelings of publicizing it. You you follow what I'm saying here? Yeah, like that it. it's, it is, he invited the world to know this. Okay. So that's the timeline of all of it. Go ahead. This is the timeline kind of weird him doing the the finger emote, the little finger thing on the sideline, and then him posting the picture of him with the gun like two days later. Oh, so I, I didn't even I, crazy the, timing. Yeah, it's not great. Uh so here's so I want to talk about what Ja has in front of him from a basketball standpoint. And then I want to talk about why I think this is actually a without being media hyperventilating wildly dangerous okay here's what he has in front of him john Morant legitimately could make a billion dollars that's not hyperbole the nba is about to sign a new television rights deal there's speculation that the new max contract is going to be almost a million a game that you're going to have players making 65 to 70 million a year. But Jaws got what? Call it conservatively. 10 good years left? Again, go conservative. Call it 50 million a year. He's already made 100. There's another 500 million. He has a signature shoe. That's massive money. Only like six guys have a signature shoe. Mm. And then there's this part of it. I think people are overlooking the value in this. Demonte, right now, who do you think? Just tell me who you think the best player in the league is. Just give me a name. Uh, Giannis. Okay, give me another guy who's in that conversation. Uh, call it Luka. Kevin Lu Durant, maybe? Luka, Durant, sure. Mm. Jokic, Embiid. Mm. All fair, right? So all of those guys but Durant have something in common. They're not American. Giannis, Luka, Jokic, Embiid. Not American. Durant's old. Ja has a very real chance for a significant portion of time to be the best American-born NBA player. Yeah. Like a five-year run of that. So why do I bring that up? There is certain, and I, this isn't a value judgment, it's just reality, marketing and endorsements available to him that are going to be unique to be, because there is a different marketing for American-born stars and other stars. So even without ever having to be the best player in the league, he could get a lot of those dollars. You know, because they're because for Luka and Jokic and Embiid and Giannis, it's not that they're not available to him, but it's different. Mm -hmm. it just, and so that's a factor that makes Ja, it's what people were hoping for Zion. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's a unique lane where, because so many of the great, 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 great players are foreign-born, he actually could, because like if the sixth best player in the league typically 
can get X amount of dollars. If the sixth best player in the league is the best American-born player, they can get different types of dollars. So that's the money he's risking. Now, the actual risk. All right, people won't believe this, but this is true. Memphis, Tennessee is one of the most dangerous places in the Western world when it comes to gun violence. If we are talking about fully developed nations, Memphis has, Bloomberg just had the story, the third highest homicide rate in the country. And the United States is about the most dangerous place you can be in for gun violence. So in the most dangerous country for guns, he lives in, it's Baltimore, Detroit, Memphis for major American cities. If you bring out cities that are smaller, New Orleans then jumps up there. And um, I forgot if it was St. Louis or Kansas City, actually, unfortunately. But Memphis is the third most dangerous big American city. Bloomberg just had it. Little context. Memphis has, for every 100,000 people, 45 homicides. New York City has six. Nine times higher murder rate. Now, New York City is actually a low-key, very safe city on that regard, but nobody thinks of it that way, but it is. Young Dolph got murdered at a cookie bakery in Memphis, minding his own business. I don't know what Jaws doing. I don't know what Jaws crew is doing. I do know that Memphis, a city I love and a city I spend time in, a city that your, your mom's best friend in the world lives in, your cousin lives there, we go there. When I was in Memphis for the Southern Classic, that night, this is a few months ago, me, your mom, and Nicole went out. Again, keep in mind my level of fame compared to Jaws, my level of jewelry compared to Jaws. I wear two chains typically. We went, the first place we went to, the guy who was throwing the party, Nicole had told him that we were coming. Had when we got there, he's like, Hey, Nick, nice to meet you. I really appreciate you coming. Said, This is such and such. He's going to be with you tonight. I'm like, Huh? He's like, No, he's going to be with you. Make sure you guys are good. I'm like, We're good. He's like, No, he's <laughs> going to, he's going to be with you tonight. He's like, You guys are good, but I'd feel better about it, whatever it is. It is a rough city. Yeah. And I don't mean this like, I'm no pun intended. Ja is putting a massive target on his back. And now let me talk about the kind of more nuanced piece of this, okay? America is the most gun-loving country in the world. We have more guns than people. People are a big portion of this country. Second Amendment, Second Amendment, Second Amendment. And then a black guy shows up with a gun and everybody freaks out. I understand that frustration. 
our, our my dear friend, and you know him, Laszlo used to say, because he's as anti-gun as it gets, that we actually want gun control in this country. We need every 18 to 24-year-old black man in states that have it show up at those NRA gun conventions and start start publicly buying up the firearms real quick. We'll get some uh, gun control, which, by the way, kind of happened, actually, if you look at the assault weapons bans and when those things happened, uh, it had a lot to do with fear of the Black Panthers and the 80s and Reagan and all that. Set that aside. So I understand the folks who are tweeting, what did Ja do? Right. It, it, it's open Old carry. Enough, it's open allowed. It, it, you don't need a license. What? Oh, it's a problem. When ja- I understand the argument. But everyone... For that, though. Say it again. He's, he's, he's too big for that. I think that... It's just got a, like, a lot of kids watching him and stuff. It's just not a good look. Also, we we'll own one, but it, you know. But it, it, and even if technically you're correct, he's not breaking any laws, and everybody knows that is reckless. And by the way, I'm not certain, no matter, even in states where you can open carry, typically, and we don't know if he was in Colorado or Tennessee, we think it was Colorado. Typically, there are rules about does the establishment serve alcohol? Have they decided they're a gun-free zone? You know what I mean? People think he was at a strip club. I, I've i never heard of a strip club in the country where you're allowed to bring your pistol. I, I think even, even in Texas, and Texas got a lot of them. It's not like, okay, yeah, it's Texas. What are you going to do? It's usually pretty significant pat-downs, right. metal. But even I understand the... We freak out when black guys have guns. When black guys have guns, the cops freak out. The, the, nobody, the, 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 all the Second Amendment absolutists never show up to you know argue for the black guy who was legally carrying a gun and the cops killed him. I understand all of that. And I understand the hypocrisy of it. That's a different discussion than what we clearly have, a pattern of wildly dangerous behavior. Mm. wildly dangerous that and here's my last point on this even John now even if he turns this around John must be careful Mm -hmm. he has put a huge target on his back and I don't know if John's friends or gangsters. I don't know if Jaws a gangster. I don't know any of it. I do know that in any city, but particularly cities with real gangsters, sometimes even if you have matured, they view you a certain way. And that shit is dangerous. It is flatly dangerous. And I don't think it's like media hand-wringing, and I feel like some people have been afraid. I don't know. I'm very confused by how a lot of media talks about a lot of things these days, and maybe there are some racial components here that I, I, that I am not recognizing fully and why people are afraid to say what I think is patently obvious. Maybe I feel like I give myself more freedom to speak very openly and freely about exactly how I feel about this because people can accuse me of a lot of things, but being anti-black is one that I think I'm pretty well insulated on. 
so I can just be honest. I, I, it, I am worried that this could go really terribly. And I would be worried about that if he played in any city. But in Memphis, I am, it is particularly worrisome. So I listen, he's got an amazing, and I'm going to say one other thing. There's been a lot of speculation about his parents. I don't feel totally comfortable joining in that speculation. I know the story. Do you know the story of him and T from when they were, when he was little? T. Martin is dad. Yeah. T. Martin. T. T. Martin was a quarterback for Tennessee 25 years. Okay. Um, He followed Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning didn't win a national championship there. T. Martin then did. But set that aside. T. Morant. T. Morant was kind of like a version of Earl Woods, Tiger's dad, or Richard Williams. It was, I was like four years old. It's like, my life is you and turning you into an NBA player and built, put a court in their backyard and was his trainer, his coach, and put 15 years of his life into John Morant becoming John Morant. Right. And it worked. Yeah. And they seem to have an amazing relationship. And so I, and now T, I think understandably, Maybe and again, I guess I am going to engage in some of the speculation. It would appear, kind of feels like we made it. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. I dedicated my life to you becoming this. You have we did it together. John him seemed to have a great relationship, but that can become tricky if the kid then starts acting a fool and he's it's also there's weird dynamics when well his dad seems to be a little bit more hands-off than you would think that he is given the circumstances that you just said but that's but i think because i mean his dad's courtside at all these games his dad lives next door to him so he's there but the question is like is he just did he just become like part of the the click? Like, I didn't want to use like that word, but yeah, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's a weird thing. I don't know. But I also know this. The, the His mom calling him saying, they're giving me a hard time at foot action or finish line. Yeah, and you go. And you show up 10 deep. Like, I I don't look. The whole thing strikes yeah, me as weird. What the and, right, what was the problem? With... Like, I don't know. <laughs> it just strikes me as. There's a lot of, and uh, some people have made this point. I didn't mean to do 20 minutes on John Moran. I apologize, but I think it's an interesting discussion. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have made the point. Uh, he's hanging out with the wrong people. Some people, I think I give him credit. I think Ryan Rosillo said this, but I think other people did too. Some people made the point. He might be the wrong person. And I don't want to, maybe Wilds, Wilds said this off the air, but I, I'll, I'm going to quote him on the air now on this. He was like, even if you are with the wrong people, like if you're in John Morant's group and Brian 
is a bad guy and a dope and always wants to do the wrong stuff. And Brian's like, let's go do this. And Jaws like, no, I think we should go do this. Where's the group going? Right there, you know what I mean. Like the when you are the celebrity and the one funding everything, they're following you. Right. And so I don't, I don't know, but this is this has already gone left on him, and it could go really, really way further left. All right, that was twenty minutes on John Morant. My apologies. Go ahead next. All right, Suns Mavs Sunday's morning's Mavs Suns game was juicy with storylines, man. Yeah, Katie and Kyrie facing off for the first time since the trade. All right, let's stay there for a second. Okay, just for a second. Not a lot of interaction between the two. Not a lot of daps, hugs, pregame talks, postgame talks. Those are two kind of weird dudes, though. It also makes me wonder. They did seem to be more like, buddy. I mean, there was a different dynamic when they were on the Nets, I guess. Yeah, but I wonder how how close of friends they really were. I I think they were at one point. But when everybody end. thought it was dead, it actually was dead. Like when it when that point where Kyrie was doing all the BS and yes, that's yeah. I think maybe I think that, and I know that Kyrie's like we'll always be brothers and all this stuff. I appreciate right. all that. I think that I, I think that sometimes you're really really good friends with someone, or you think you are, and then you start working together, or you start living together, and by the end of it, you're not nearly as close as you were before you knew the person so yeah. go ahead it's a job at the end of yep. the day yep. uh but there was booker and luca beefing from yeah. last year's playoffs obviously and of course it came down to the wire is this suddenly the best rivalry in basketball definitely yeah i'd say so too. i think it definitely is and i think people are way underrating the mavs ability to beat them in a series i i'm not saying they're better than them what i'm saying is this last year the mavs were down three two and they then were losing in close games, I feel like. Too. I mean, at least like uh, the difference of 10. Well, they, right. Well, they were down. And then do you remember what happened in game seven? Game seven was the game that was 57 27 at half. Max. Yeah, well, Luca dropped at, like 40. Well, Luca had thir- Luca outscored the Suns in the first, the first half. Yeah. Okay. And everyone's like, and the, but, and now the Suns have added Kevin Durant. Okay, let's talk about this, though. Suns have added Kevin Durant. They have lost Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, valuable players. Out. Mikhail with their best perimeter defender. Also, they have kind of lost Chris Paul. I mean, he's still there. Mm-hmm. But so they've added Durant. They have 50% less Chris Paul, 100% less Mikhail Bridges, 100% less Cam Johnson. The Mavs have lost Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith. They've added Kyrie Irving. I don't think it is not surprising me at all that this game came down to the wire. You know, it is surprising me a little bit. Ever and okay, let me ask you this: What did you think of Devin Booker talking trash to Luca? Um, <laughs> I think it's a little. I thought it was a little early. I think that Luca is still he's Luca's still on top from what he did to him in the playoffs. Okay, I think that he's got to get some type of postseason revenge. Okay, so I ask you that because you're the athlete on the show. I thought I I think you're allowed to talk trash whenever you want, but you open yourself up to some mocking or criticism if you do it to the guy who the last time you talked trash to him was after Game Five, and Lucas says everybody talks tough when they're up. And then Luca baptized you for two straight games. 
And then in this game, you wait until big brother Kevin comes in, hits the game-winning shot, Luca misses when you're not a part of the play, and, th- and then you chirp. <laughs> and I had everyone come after, oh, Nick, you don't understand how trash talk works. Eddie Johnson, can I tell you what Eddie Johnson said to me? Uh, Eddie Johnson said. So Eddie Johnson is a former, uh, uh, former, what should we call it? Uh, Suns player, really good NBA player, who's now on the color commentary for their games. I tweeted Devin Booker talking trash to Luke is absolutely hilarious. Eddie Johnson, who just won't leave me alone, tweeted that happened a year ago. Just like you didn't have hair a year ago. Funny how that happens. He like the, yeah, the I don't think people understand how funny, uh, unfunny that type of joke is when you just grew it. I, right, <laughs> like, exactly, exactly right. <laughs> no, people are really convinced like that I got hair plugs <laughs> or that I wear a wig. But this guy, so last year during the series, I tweeted, "Mav should feel fine. Sons have no answer for Luca. Phoenix got every rebound, hit three desperation, end of shot clock shots in the second half, killed any comeback attempt." This series is going the distance, and I like Lucas' chances at the end of it. By the way, great tweet by me <laughs> in the midst of that game. Uh, so I wrote, the Suns have no answer for Luca, And Eddie Johnson replies, I don't even follow this guy, <laughs> replies to me, sort of like you have no answer for Stephen A. The it, Like, what are you? What are, um, <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. And then during, to pick, man. And then we, during one of the games later, the Mavs were winning. I tweeted, where are these dopey fan media folks from Phoenix that were living my mentions all week? They cut off the Wi-Fi in Arizona for the weekend or something? Uh, And this is what Eddie Johnson writes. Nick, I assume you have me in that category. I like that, (laughs) especially from a 5-foot, 2-inch, 130-pound, non-athlete like yourself who has zero idea that losses energize and focus you instead of running and hiding like you did when they took your ball. Let's have fun. I love it. Like, who does who, I don't understand who, who, who this this guy, uh, but whatever. It's Evan funny. Booker burner. No, no. But the thing is, this he played seventeen yeah. years in the NBA. I used to go on his radio show. Like I don't understand. All right, let's go to the next thing. All right, so on to some football. Yeah, the Packers are reportedly done with Aaron Rodgers. The future Hall of Famer is reportedly speaking to the Jets now. Yeah. Will this be the biggest move in Jets history, or are they bound to screw this one up too? All right, well, they did trade for Favre as well under the exact same circumstances, yeah. which is pretty hilarious. Um, well, that worked out. No, I don't think the Jets would screw this up, but I just don't think Rodgers is great anymore. Yeah. I think he's a pain in the ass. He's super expensive, and he's like the 12th best quarterback in football. 12th? Yeah, I think thereabouts. Should we do the list? Should we do an impromptu list? This is what got me in trouble last year, which got me Jalen Hurts 25th. Yeah. All right, no no order. I'm just going down the standings, okay? He is better than Trevor Lawrence. Hold on. But go ahead. Give me a let's break. Go. If you put some real dogs around him, let's All go. Right. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar, Trevor, Mahomes, Herbert, Jalen, Dak. Yeah, I was about to say, now it's getting tough. What? What do you mean? You're throwing Dak in there. Dak was way better than him last year. 
What are we if you about? put, I'm not one of those guys like put him on this team. But could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers played with the Cowboys this year? I don't know. He played with Devontae Adams and kept with Jimmy G in the playoffs. <laughs> hey, 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 what, are we, what are we talking about? He, he, guy, he guy had Jordy Nelson for years and Devontae Adams. Alan Craig Lazard. Oh, well, Alan Lazard. It, well, listen, when you when you when when all of a sudden at age 38, you're like, I need $50 million per year. He <laughs> has to make some tough decisions. <laughs> and he, when they draft a bunch of rookie wide receivers. That's where he spend, went wrong. But then you spend your offseason getting high as balls instead i shouldn't have said that just getting high and all and all of a sudden it takes you six weeks to get on the same page as them it hurts your team give me a break how many that gino 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 okay. <laughs> what i was at eight and i'm at yeah. okay what's the problem with gino pickings are getting very slim all right hold on do we want to throw two in there do we want to throw two in there do you uh, want to throw two in there? I don't really want to throw two in there. You like Daniel Jones? Are we good? Brock Purdy? No, we're not. Uh, we're not doing that. What about golf? Golf is crazy. Yeah, no, I think we're this list. Yeah, there we go. Twelve. I got there. All right, next. All right, some other quarterback news. Derek Carr is going to the Saints, and Geno is staying in Seattle. You deaded the Derek Carr move, but I honestly disagree. Okay, being that the Saints now have the best quarterback in their division. And possibly the second best quarterback in the NFC if Rodgers goes to New York. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Seattle's paying $100 million to Geno Smith. Who regrets this decision more in a year? Well, I don't mind the Seahawks move for Geno uh, because they can get out of it after two years and they don't have a team that's going to go super far. Yeah, and it doesn't kill them like in their building. I don't mind it. The Saints. <laughs> The Saints, I I did this on the show, on the TV show, and Wilds and Bruce said it was boring. And it, it, okay, the Saints keep borrowing from future years' cap to pay for this year's team, and they were when when you're doing it to try to win a Super Bowl with Drew Brees, no problem. When you're doing it. Because you won't admit you missed your window. You are ruining your chance to actually build a Super Bowl contender. So the salary cap is about $200 million. Dead money is money on the cap that you are paying to players no longer on your team. Because you structured the contract such in a way where this year their cap figure is tiny. So we can get all these players. But then next year, it explodes. So, for example, Michael Thomas, their oft-injured receiver, this coming season has a cap hit of only $14 million. And his cap hit's been low his whole time there. But next year's cap hit is $59 million. It's the highest of any player at any position in the league. So, obviously, they will have to cut him. And then they, when they cut him against their cap to not have him on the team will be $15 million. So obviously you want to have as little dead money as possible or take all your dead money hits in one season, strip the team down, and then build. Does this make sense? Yeah. So the year, Breeze's last year there, they had $40 million in dead money because they had gone all in the previous season. He then retires. They won't admit that they need to tear it down. They had $50 million in dead money. Now they're going to cut Jameis. They already have, they're already paying $30 million to guys who are not on their team. 
This year already, they're at 40 million again, and they are positioning it. So next year and the year after, they're going to be on that dead money level. So what does that mean? It means you have 25% less cap dollars every year than the rest of the league, as opposed to simply taking your medicine one year. So yes, I understand Carr's the best quarterback in the division. I understand all of that. However, they can't win a Super Bowl right now, and they are ensuring that they stay far away from being able to win one. What they needed to do was clean up their books, stop trading away first-round picks, and start anew. Philly won a Super Bowl, tore it all down, built it up, and got to another one. Chicago had $75 million in dead money this last, last year. Tore it down because they had $75 million in dead money. They had a so, terrible team. Right. They got the number one pick of the draft out of it, and now they have more cap space than anybody. Just it, it, take your medicine for one season, right. clean up your books, and try to build a contender for one of America's greatest cities. So I think that's, the, that's the GM. That that's ma- that makes those types yes. of greedy decisions. And I think it's I think it's insane. I think the Saints have been operating the way their football team, the way I would operate my American Express card if a doctor told me I had six months to live. <laughs> if it was like you have a terminal disease and it's it guarantee you like six months you're checked out, I'd be like, Well, I guess everything's free then. Right. Because like <laughs> uh, I mean I thought but th- but this team they they've been operating like they they have inside intel that the NFL is folding in 2025 <laughs> and so this bill will never come due. I don't understand it. Quick break right back what's right. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factor's No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back in episode 132. We just had some brief technical issues. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you're just listening to the podcast, those will be disappeared into this expanse of time. Demonze, let's get right to it. 
All right, Lakers are hanging on for dear life without LeBron, but it was six and three since Westbrook left the mm. team in the dra- in the trade deadline. Mm. Meanwhile, the Clippers the Clippers signed a bought out Westbrook and went on to lose five straight. Mm-hmm. Not to point any fingers at Russ, man, but this can't all be a coincidence, right? Prior to the Clippers big fourth quarter comeback the other night, how many straight games do you think teams had lost that Russell Westbrook had started? Because keep in mind. He only started he wasn't starting for the Lakers. He started yeah. the first couple games of the year, but he started them all of last year. So how many game how many consecutive games do you think Russell Westbrook had lost as a starter? Give it a guess. We know it was five with the Clippers. Right. Uh call it seven and nine. We're gonna go fifteen, Demonze. This year. No. It was the end of last year, lost eight straight as a starter. Then two straight start this year, then Stop starting. Then the Clippers were like, you can start for us, buddy. And they immediately lost five in a row and then needed a wild fourth quarter comeback to beat. You know who the Clippers were, who they beat, by the way, the Grizzlies. Yeah. We're without Ja, Steven Adams, Dylan Brooks, and Brandon Clark for their sixth best player. I, I had Russ, I think, 30th on my NBA list. But, oh, don't do it. Are you about to say he's dropping? No, 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 no. Oh. I'm not saying he's dropping. What I am saying is that he he's an all-time great player who I love who now just damages your team. He just is incapable of being a part of winning basketball at this point in his career. It, he can't defend. He kills your spacing. So the few things he does well, you can't make up for it. Like, I, this is not a... It, it, it does not mean he is not an all-time great but at this point he is negative and i lost a little bit of his athleticism that he used to have so the usual gimmicks don't work right and his shooting is worse than it was and was never good it's just it's just a big problem go ahead do you you think russ is who lebron was talking about in this tweet okay referring to Bronny being better than some of these cats i think we're gonna put it up all right I, so two things. So LeBron wrote, Bronny definitely better than some of these cats that have been watching on League Pass today. It's lightweight hilarious. Okay. So he wrote that at 11.43 Eastern time. All right. <coughs> so I first of all, I want to say this. I think it's a bad tweet by LeBron. I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. I, I think it puts a, a bit tweet. of a target on Bronny's back. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's a good idea. But I also think I've determined who he's talking about. So, are we, if we assume he's talking about a game he was currently watching, there were only two games going on at that point in time. Raptors-Nuggets was one of them. Okay. So, let's talk about who played in that game. He's not talking about Siakam, Anunobi, Scotty Barnes, Pirtle, or Van Vliet. Those are all good players. Legit, you know what I mean? Good high-level players. The only other, the only, Will Barton played. Will Barton's fine players, not talking about him. Gary Trent Jr. played a lot. Gary Trent Jr. is not a very good player, but a good player, not about him. Murray. Then there's Precious Achua and, and Chris Boucher, who are bigs. I'm going to assume Le, LeBron is not comparing Bronny to a 6'9 guy. Okay, so then you have the Nuggets. The Nuggets, Aaron Gordon, who's a fringe all-star. Michael Porter Jr. is an amazing talent. and 
Jokic, Murray, and Kendavious Caldwell Pope, we won a championship with. Not talking about them. On the bench for the Nuggets, Jeff Green, who LeBron played with and went to the finals with, Bruce Brown, who's a good player, played for that now he was bad last night. Maybe he's talking about Bruce Brown, but I don't think so. Thomas Bryant, who played for the Lakers this year and is a center, and Reggie Jackson has been in the league 10 years. So I don't think he's talking about anybody in that game. So now we go to Pelicans-Kings. The Kings, everybody who played for the Kings, it, it, was, it was a starter except for one guard played for them, and it was Delhi, Matthew Dellavedova, who LeBron went to the finals with and, and then I think was on the team. With, so he's not talking about Delhi. So now we have narrowed it down to the Pelicans. It's not talking about the starters. The Pelicans guards who played last night were Dyson Daniels, who was the eighth pick of the draft around where I think LeBron thinks Bronny could go <laughs> this year. And Dyson Daniels last night did what he does in most games, which is not much. And then Kira Lewis Jr., who was the 13th pick of the draft a couple of years ago. I believe LeBron was talking about either Kira Lewis Jr. or Dyson Daniels. That's what my investigation has revealed. They are Kira Lewis Jr. is six foot one. Dyson Daniel. Well, you know what? I Daniels, I forgot. He's a guard, but he's six, you know, he's six seven. I think he's talking about Kira Lewis Jr. Sorry, Kira Lewis Jr. <laughs> but I've he's six one. He was one for seven last night. Uh he had one rebound, one assist, one steal in 19 minutes. Over three from three, one for two from the foul line. I think that's who LeBron James is talking about. Sorry, Curious. So Kira Lewis. Kira Lewis. This is not for social guys. This is a podcast and YouTube exclusive. Just but single this man out. I listen, I did an investigation. That's what I think is happening. All right, next. All right, man. So we must be living in crazy times right now because it seems the Knicks are somehow relevant. Yeah. Since Josh since Josh Hart's joined New York, they're undefeated, nine and zero including two wins versus my beloved Celtics. Uh-huh. You said the Knicks are a threat to no one in the East. Yeah. Uh, so you live in New York. Are you yeah. seriously going to look into the camera and say that they're going to get bounced out of the first round? Yeah. Given these last few games. Yeah, where's the camera? Yeah. They're not beating Cleveland. So who are they playing in the first round? Milwaukee? Okay, well, they're not beating them. Boston? Well, they're not beating them. Philly? They're not beating them. Oh, what about Cleveland? I love that you're talking like, that you're, you're saying they can't beat my Celtics in the postseason. No, they're I, I listen, the that. Knicks are a nice story. People pretending like they are a, a super talented team are crazy. And everyone's like, oh, Nick, why don't you give the Knicks more love? Why don't I give this Cavs more love? <laughs> the Cavs have a be- the last 50 years, the Cavs have been a better franchise than the Knicks. Yeah. The, the, I mean, they just have been. They have a, a. They would have the best player in the series. They have the best young player in the series. They've been better this year. Give me a break. I, I again, Knicks fans get all mad at me, but what do you again, Knicks fans? <laughs> what do you think your team is? <laughs> a tough out in round one. Congrats. That's the best you've been since Ewing left. That's it. No, no, not even the biggest Knicks fans think this team has a shot at making the conference finals. Not a prayer. 
They what the Knicks like fans it. are hoping is that in round one, Donovan Mitchell won't do to them the last time they got were excited because they made the playoffs with Julius Randle and Trey Young came to New York and lit them on fire. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing the Knicks have going for them is the fact that they're in New York. Of course, like, that's what it is. When the New York switch like franchise, of course, that's what it is. They're like, oh, the rich history. Demonze, in the Knicks are one of the original franchises. They've been around forever. Right. How many titles do you think they have in their entire franchise history? What is it? Is it one or is it? It's two. two. What? When do you think the most recent one was? Just give it a guess. Do you think I was alive? I call it 1984. 1984 is the year I was born. No. 1973. 1973. They won the title in 70 and 73. They... <laughs> They have one championship since the floppy disk was invented. And I'm told I need to put more respect on their name. Damase. Yo. Since, this is true. Since I graduated high school, talking 20 years, how many playoff series do you think they've won? Playoff series? Since you graduated college, you said? No. High school? Yeah. I, I want to make sure I have the year correct on this. Let's, let's go So I, I graduated high school in 2003. And so, you know what? Oh, we, can, three. we can go. Let's, you know what? Let's just go to from 01 to now. We can go further back. 01 to now. Playoff this series? Playoff series. No. Remember, because they had Carmelo. Oh, yeah, yeah. One is the correct answer. <laughs> one. And everyone's like, oh, Nick, put some respect on the Knicks. I got people DMing your mom saying, tell your tell Nick to watch his mouth. All Can I tell you what happens with the Knicks? The media is based here. A lot of the media grew up rooting for the Knicks. But all of the media has to walk these streets. And you know what sports media loves? Not only to be recognized. But for people to be like, hey, yeah, loved what you said about the Knicks. It's a little fist bump. I just don't care about that. And so people are like, put some respect on the Knicks name. Why? Why? Again, I, I will I will respect the Knicks almost as much as the rest of the national media respects the Cavs. Which is they don't talk the Cavs have Donovan Mitchell. And Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and Darius Garland. Jalen Brunson's been awesome. I give him a ton of credit. And Julius Randle, whatever. All right. Stop it. All right, let's play a quick game, this or that. All right, we're playing this or that today. Yeah. <clears throat> let's start with stat padding. Mm -hmm. While you were gone, the media started accusing Jokic of stat padding. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Sunday night, Giannis, your guy, actually was stat padding. Yeah. Quite literally. And an NBA and the NBA took away a triple double from him. Yep. More egregious stat patter is Jokic or Giannis. All right, I don't think Jokic is stat patter at all. Yeah. I I, I think he, it's the way he plays. He's do, yeah. So I'm not going to criticize him on that at all because I don't think he does it. I think I think even if Jokic was like somewhat of a stat patter, mm -hmm. if you compare it to what Giannis did, like that is no, literally uh, no, stat no, no. patter, right? Giannis <laughs> and I think Giannis did it as a joke, but I also think low key. It was a shot at the MVP discussion. So it's like, oh, he's going to win MVP because he gets all these triple doubles. Okay, here's a triple double. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was a Giannis is the best defensive player in the league, averages damn near 10 more points than Jokic, does everything, but does every single thing a basketball player can do. Score, defend, rebound, lead, all of it better than Jokic, except passing. Where Jokic is, Giannis is a very good passer, average six a game. Jokic is one of the best passing big men ever. And Jokic is going to win all the MVPs. So I think Giannis is like, okay, look, triple double, crown me. All right, next. Okay. Uh, t- today is the deadline. Today is the deadline to use the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard, Darren Payne, and Josh Jacobs have been tagged, with Daniel Jones and Lamar Jackson likely to follow. The quarterback to stick with their team longer is Daniel Jones or Lamar Jackson. Daniel Jones, because I don't think Lamar is going to be on the Ravens this year, and I think Daniel Jones is going to be. Very simple. I also, the franchise tag news is going to come out. If you're not watching us live, by the time you hear this, the news will already be out. So you can watch the TV show today where we'll have the live coverage of that. We'll talk a lot more about the franchise tag, what actually happened. We'll have that on Thursday on the pod. Next. Let's talk about some comeback stories. As of yesterday, Calvin Ridley has been fully reinstated to the NFL following his one-year suspension for gambling on NFL games. Yep. And after three years away, John Jones returned to the octagon and became the heavyweight champion. Yeah. The more riveting comeback is Calvin Ridley or John Jones. John Jones. It's unbelievable. The guy went up in weight class and won won the fight in two minutes. He's Demonte. He's had 30. I want to make sure I'm right. I think it's 30 fights in his career. He's never actually lost. So his career record, I think it's 28, one and one, but, but no, it's 29, one and one. So it was 30 fights, but his two losses, one, he won the fight and then afterwards tested positive for a banned substance. So they called it a no contest or something. And the other, he won the fight, but they said he did it with illegal elbows, so they DQ'd him. No one has ever beaten him. He's done it multiple weight classes. He has serious personal and substance abuse issues, unfortunately. So he's had to go away, come back, away, come back. And then he comes back and he just crushes it. And his brother is Chandler Jones, the Raiders player who who mush-faced Mac Jones. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Joneses we're talking about here. Yeah. yeah, it's an unbelievable athletic family. His other brother, I think, Arthur Jones, played for Syracuse. No, he's the greatest. He's the greatest. And uh, by the way, we are not going to do the final topic. I will tell the producers off the air. We will answer your questions. Take a very quick break. Come back. Answer your listener uh, and viewer questions. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? Straight to the listener questions. Go ahead. All right, Dustin. Dustin said, Nick, would the Jets be better off in the twenty twenty in twenty twenty three with Rogers or Jordan Love? I think it's no questions, Love. <laughs> of course, you, you save. You have an extra. You have so much money saved against the cap. You have a pick you get from trading Rodgers, and you turn the page with Jordan Love. Like, it's just it's just absolutely what I would do. Uh, all right, next. What's happening, music? Did you just erase all that, or did they erase oh, all wasn't that? Wasn't me this time. Okay, hold on. Let me. I don't have anything. Okay. Oh, wait. I well, do. you can put it back. Go, Matt, go ahead and put it back while you ask this question. Yeah, what's happening, music? Demonte, uh, I volunteer as tribute if you need an L.A. friend. Oh, that would be good. Um, yeah, man, if you like playing board games, I'm all for Demonte it. does love playing board I games. I really love I've got a wrist date tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. An actual I, date? An actual date where we are going to play Risk. Hold on. So is that bad? Well, I've seen you get very, you got to, you get very frustrated, man. <laughs> you, I think that's a really bad idea, actually. I like it otherwise, but you get so mad with Risk. You get frustrated. I can read the room, man. Hey, man, I think. Okay, that, uh, all right. Just I good think, luck. I'm just telling you, you get frustrated and you get I tilted. think games that involve dice do tend to annoy really the crap out of me. you. And you, I mean, and you're like, oh, I knew it. And like, oh, like you get mad. Like, I, I'm definitely not going to go full. You got to be chill, buddy. Yeah. I've played a lot of board games with you, and you get really frustrated when the dice go against I'm not going to. Yeah, man. I can, I can definitely read the room. Okay. Kind of type of All thing. right. Good luck. All, All right, right. Next. All right. Bryce Ezel said, do you think if Geno's performance remains equal, remains equal to his 2022 season and the Seahawks draft well and also pick up some extra pieces that they can make a deep NFC yes. run? Yeah. I mean, they, they had all these great young players that are only going to be better. How old's DK Metcalf? I want to say twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah, I mean, young. They, they, yeah, twenty-five. Wow. What about Lockett? Really Lockett's older. Huh? Lockett's older, but he's still there. I yeah, and I mean that defense. They drafted two tackles. They played well. Wooten was awesome, or Woolen, I should say, was awesome. Yeah, and the NFC's wide open. I do think that. All right, next. All right, Supernova twenty-two said. Nick, do you truly see the Mavs making it out of the first round? Of course. Cur- currently, they're the seventh fighting for the play-in positions, and on the defensive on the defensive end, they aren't great. How do they fix this for the postseason? Okay, well, so listen. It, right now, the seedings in the West are really weird because, yes, they are the seventh seed, but they are also one game out of being the five seed and one game out of being the nine seed. So, like, that is, or a half game out of being the nine seed. So, but... As the seventh seed, they would play Memphis. As the sixth seed, they'd play Sacramento. And while I love lighting the beam, I the I 
I like Luca. Luca in the playoffs has been so dominant and such a sure thing. Your mom's at the door, so we got to hurry up. All right, last couple, go. Uh, Baby Pat said, when do you start to believe that a young quarterback could be your franchise guy? Is it uh, is it all eye tests? Is it accolades, team success? What more uh, What more do guys like Hurts, Tua Lamar, Daniel Jones have to prove? Well, I don't think Hurts has really anything more to prove. Right. Because he in the playoffs, he in the regular season. He, he, he's tough. One second, baby. Your mom's waiting to get in. Demonte, go let her in so she doesn't get mad. Um, Tua has to prove he has to stay healthy. Lamar's got to, I guess, kind of prove he can do it in the playoffs. But Lamar's already worth a long-term deal without question. Daniel Jones has to do it a lot more than he's done. Uh, and then Coach Mystic asks, top three meals I had in Brazil. I ate at a place called Satiricon which was this unbelievable seafood place where your mom, of course, ordered the king crab that was for two people, but it was just for her. But then I did eat some of it. It was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, we had, we ate at this great steak. Steak is the national food of Brazil. Okay. Um, you know, the church, you know, Fogo de Chao, that's from Brazil. And this church when they chop the so that style of they have a hundred restaurants like that where they yeah, they come over, they didn't cut some meat. Um so we ate a few great steak places and we ate at this we had this chef's table thing uh at this really fancy restaurant where they had you ate in the kitchen and you watched the chefs cook and they brought you stuff over. But here's the truth. What I learned that I loved in Brazil that I had never eaten. Chicken heart. Chicken heart. It's. Do you remember? Do you remember Kansas City? Do you remember Go Chicken Go? And yeah. the gizzards. So it's like chicken. that. It's like that, except it's the heart instead of the gizzard. And I'm telling you, I ate the first piece thinking it was a gizzard. And I was Somebody like, Somebody call Peter. Like gizzard. If you're going to kill the animal, might as well use every piece of it, buddy. They, the, but then we were, I ate, I was like, this is really good. And so I ate a few more. And I said to your mom, I was like, this doesn't look like a gizzard. And I was like, it looks like, you know, it kind of looks like a heart. Like it has the little like little ventricle things. And then I, I translated what was on the menu and it was chicken heart. But then I ordered it at two other places as an appetizer. They were delicious. Dark. Okay. That's today's episode. See you guys Thursday. What's right? <laughs> Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego. And Demonze's got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers. So help him out. And also, click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.